I think um, you do have a little bit of luck, but I think, what's, what's that old saying? Uh, genius is 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with mortgage broker and property investment finance expert, David Fleming. We find out about the strategies that he uses to help his clients improve their financial situation, how to take advantage of the current state of the market and much, much more. We learn about some of the strategies that Fleming likes to utilize to help his clients purchase the right investment properties. One of the initial strategies that was touted back in those early days was a line of credit. And um, a line of credit was originated by Citibank in Australia. A lot of people won't remember, but back in 1988, uh, Paul Keating, who was a treasurer in the Labor government at the time, deregulated the financial markets in Australia. Uh, Commonwealth Bank used to be owned by the government and uh, the financial markets were tightly regulated. So he lifted all those regulations and all of a sudden you had all these international banks coming to Australia, Chase Manhattan, Citibank, ING Bank, um, God knows, I've even forgotten half the ones that did come here who are no longer here, right? Uh, Citibank uh, had been given orders to close up shop and go back to New York. Um, so they said, oh, well, you know, just give us just give us a couple more months. So they invented this product called a line of credit. How interesting. You know, it actually originated in Australia. And uh, they put that out on the market. And then people started, you know, as, as Aussies are, they're, they're quite ingenious, <laughs> figuring out ways to use that line of credit to their own advantage. And one of them was that you're allowed to capitalise the interest in the line of credit. So... You would get a line of credit and you would um, then uh, buy an investment property and the interest payments, instead of coming out of your bank account, just capitalise back into the line of credit. That means all the cash flow from your investment property and you know your, your paycheck and so forth could then go into your mortgage, your home mortgage, and help pay it off faster. Right? But then the ATO stepped in and said, you know, they put up a huge court case. Now, they never actually proved the fact that, you know, that was illegal to do that. Um, but they just, um, you know, they just made a, a decree that, you know, uh, we're, we're going to go after you if you do that. So, uh, but they never, they never actually proved their case. So, but, you know, who's going to go up against the ATO? I mean... Right, they've just said, you know, we're going to come after you if you do that. So you would have to take it all the way to the high court, and you know, fifty million dollars later, <laughs> you'd be dead on the street after that, um, because you'd be you'd be right up. Because you know, well, we saw what happened with uh, Paul Hogan, right? He he had he had a few bucks, and he he, he but you know, it cost him what nine ten million to do it. To, to win his case. In order to get your balance sheet under control, Fleming urges you to stay aware of your budget and figure out how much you can afford to put towards your mortgage. The average Aussie isn't going to do that. So from there, you can still get a line of credit. Um, however, it's not so popular anymore. And then from there, it morphed into what's called an offset account. 
And that's how an offset count came about because the popularity of line of credit waned and uh, so they come up with another product. Um, because if you go to the United States, the funny thing there is all the savings and, and loans and the banks and so forth, when you go in there, they offer you a free clock or a free this or a free that to take your mortgage over here, okay? Now it's uh, it's product features, you know, cash back offers by the banks and so forth for you to refinance to them. So there are ways to use um, offset accounts to your advantage um, to, you know, just little bits and pieces of techniques that you can use, strategies you can use to pay that mortgage off faster. And what we do is we sit down with clients, you know, we work out what their budgets are, what they're spending their money on, help them get a little bit of focused awareness with their cash flow, see if there's any extra that they can pull out of their out of their budget to put into their home loan. Because at the end of the day, with all these different techniques and strategies, four, five, six, seven years down the road, uh, the dividends are immense. Because we're dealing with compound interest, and banks understand compound interest very well. That's why they set up that amortization table over 30 years that takes you 14, 11 to 14 years to get to the halfway mark with your mortgage repayments. Half, so here's half, half yours. Prior to that, it's mostly the banks. Um, but it's learning how to discipline yourself to reduce that mortgage balance to the point where you get to a point in your life where you start looking at financial freedom. And that's what everybody dreams and aspires to. And that's what we try to help people with. It is not as easy to get a mortgage these days. That is why you need to learn about some of the subtleties that go into taking out a mortgage. Your contribution to it in those first 11 to 14 years is minimal towards your balance. So therefore, the, the interest continues to compound and accumulate. And the other thing with banks is it's the greatest business in the world. Where have you heard of any other business that can just willy-nilly charge your loan account and start charging you interest on day one? Now, most businesses I deal with get a seven-day, 14-day, one-month invoice, right? Not with a bank, they'll take your annual fee or any other fee straight out of your mortgage account and they'll start charging you interest on it from day one. So, Mortgage holders need to understand these these little subtleties and work with somebody who can point out to them where they can make improvements in their financial lifestyles to better combat. See, the banks are there not for you. You're just a number. I mean, years ago, we know we used to use, people used to know their bank managers. You used to sit down with them. The bank manager knew your family. And, you know, if there was a little bit of flexibility in what you're doing, um, they would make allowance for that. That doesn't happen anymore. It's all done on a computer screen, and a lot of these uh, credit assessors and so forth are now offshore in countries like the Philippines, Bangladesh, uh, India, for example, where their language, their English is not necessarily their first language. And that's why it's so hard to get a mortgage these days, because you've now also got the National Consumer Protection Act, which is all about responsible lending. And, you know, they want to know, when you go for a mortgage these days, they want to know what kind of source you're putting on your pie. The banks are going to greater lengths than ever before to ensure that consumers can afford to pay back their mortgage. They are from, from the regulatory authorities who are also justifying their own existence. And pardon me for saying that, but, um, you know, um, I mean, years ago, or well, not so long ago, we used to have to be responsible for our own action, but it seems the government now is trying to take over that responsibility like a nanny. 
Fleming delves into all the different factors that can impact you when you're trying to pay back your mortgage. One of the most important things anybody can do to begin with is to have a goal. You've got to have a goal, right? But then you have to be realistic about what are your existing resources. So the next step is you do a budget because you need to become, you, you need to become aware of what's happening with your cash flow. And it's like when you when you buy a certain type of car, let's say, you know, you've never owned a Hyundai 35i before or whatever they call it, right? And, and you go down to the showroom and you buy one, and there you go, you drive out of the showroom onto the street and you've been driving around for about half an hour saying, geez, there's, there's, there's a lot of these cars around. Right? <laughs> so all of a sudden you become aware of, of a similar type product, right? Psychologists call that focused awareness. Now... What happens to us when we grow up? We go to school, right? Um, you know, and then we then we get involved socially with our peers and so forth. And everybody's trying to uh, trying to keep up with the Joneses. Um, you know, we want to be with the latest trends. We don't want to be a square or a nerd or anything like that. So we we go along with what everybody else is doing, and we just spend our money willy nilly. And then we meet somebody, right? Uh, we start getting serious. We've got to save up for a deposit on the house. And then um, we get enough to get that house. We get into it and we take on a mortgage payment. And then we get on that slippery soap, right? And, of course, along comes uh, all kinds of new trends, uh, computers, television sets. Uh, the kids want this. The kids want that. Uh, maybe you want to send the kids to a private school or a better school. Uh, all of a sudden... Um, there's not a lot left at the end of the month, okay? And the old adage is, if you've ever read that book, uh, The Greatest Secret of Babylon, um, by Peter Glasson, right? The adage in there is you pay yourself first. But how many people do that? Not too many, right? Um, what their philosophy is that, you know, um, because they're brought up to be responsible, yes? You've got to pay your bills, so I'm going to pay everybody else first, and if I've got anything left over, I will then put some money into savings. He talks to us about the benefits that you can receive later on down the line if you remain focused on keeping a healthy budget. Well, there's never usually much left over at the end of the month. So what they say is pay yourself first and then manage your lifestyle around what's left. And that's, that's the philosophy we use with our clients. Now, we're not saying that you should shortchange yourself or live on bread and rice or anything of that nature. All we're saying is that you need to get a focused awareness on what's happening to your money. Now, it's not how much money you make, it's how much money you keep. And you need to have a financial management plan put in place to help you do that. Now, once you've got control of your finances, that also builds your confidence. Now, you've heard of people trying to buy an investment property and they never go ahead because, oh, what if I don't have a tenant? What if I lose my job? What if I have a tenant from hell? What if the hell's angels moving there? Pardon me, hell's angels, if you're listening to this. Right, but but you are known to be a bit rowdy, and you do like to have some parties. So, you know, your place could end up a little bit less than you. So, that can stop a lot of people. However, if you've got strong control 
and good management skills over your cash flow and your money, um, then those other uh, concerns become less of a concern because there are strategies to, to help combat, combat any of those anyway. But that's not the point. The point is you need to uh, put a strategy in place that is managing your cash flow, building up your confidence and knowing at the end of the day, you're always going to have the resources to be pushing yourself ahead so that when you do reach that magic mark of 65 or 67 years of age, you're not dependent on the government. If you are working, it's because you want to, not because you have to. And that you are at that, at that great level of being financially independent. But the, the, the sadness is, in Australia today, at retirement age, 1% will be wealthy, 3% will be financially independent. Um, there's a whole percentage in there that will still have to work. 29% will um, be passed away, gone to another world. And 63% of them end up on government assistance. That's pretty sad. You want your later years in life to be your greatest. And in order to reach that goal, you need to use strategies that can help you pay off your mortgage faster and more efficiently. Because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're living on subsistence cash flow. And you know your retirement years should be golden. You should be able to do the things you want to do. If you want to travel, if you've got hobbies you want to indulge yourself in, all of those things... Um, really become a little bit of a stretch when you're living on Centrelink money. So, so, so the strategy is, going back to what you originally asked, is, is really uh, learning a skill on how to manage your money. Once you learn how to manage your money um, and that you know where your money's going to go every month, and we help our clients with that, of course, um, then you get a little bit more confidence and you can reach out and maybe buy your first property. And if that property is correctly structured, it's got the correct fundamentals to, 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 to a successful investment property, then you will hopefully be getting additional cash flow from that that will then further enhance your ability to pay off your current mortgage because that's, that's the key. That's the key to wealth creation is getting rid of that home mortgage or cutting it down to a size where it's just really manageable. Other than that, you're paying all that money to the government, you're paying all that money to the bank, I mean, you are going to constantly struggle to get ahead. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into David Fleming's concern for modern investors. We establish these lifestyles around the money coming in. And it's very hard for us to get out of comfort zones. A current advantage that has presented itself. This is a huge opportunity for anybody that wants to take advantage of it. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Fleming delves into how many people find themselves trapped paying off a mortgage and how you can avoid it too. When I say struggling, that's, that might be a little bit harsh, but they're just kind of treading water. It's not really going anywhere, right? And they hang on for years and years and years because they had dreams and aspirations of getting that second, third property, but they can never, they can, you know, they can never see the clear light of day to be able to do that because their responsibilities don't really change that much. Could you imagine, right? You you, you get a mortgage. Let's say you buy a seven hundred thousand dollar home. You get a mortgage of five hundred thousand. 
And then, you know, you might get a little bit of capital growth in your home. Now it's worth maybe eight fifty, nine hundred thousand. You've got enough equity there now to go and buy an investment property without taking any money out of your pocket because you can cross-securitize the two properties, which means you can borrow 105, 110% of what it costs you to get into the investment property, you know, such as stamp duty and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so you get that property, um, but you don't really learn how to do it properly. And maybe you're paying, you know, an extra 60, 80, 50, whatever it is, $100 a week out of your pocket to support that property in the hopes that in the future that you're going to get some capital growth. And then as, as, as time goes by, the rents will go up and eventually you might get into positive cash flow territory. Um, and then, you know, along comes the first and second and third child. You need a bigger house, so you go and refinance your mortgage and you start that 30-year term all over again, and maybe on a slightly bigger mortgage. Learning to manage your finances is key critical point number one. Learning the strategies and techniques to help you accelerate the reduction of your existing home mortgage, and also when you do get an investment property, make sure that you understand the fundamentals of buying a successful one. The rates at the moment are advantageous for buyers, but Fleming warns us that they are not going to stay there forever and you need to prepare for when they go back up. We establish these lifestyles around the money coming in. And it's very hard for us to get out of comfort zones. Take a look at the current market. You, you, you can get a mortgage today at 2.99%. You know that? You can get a fixed rate, right? Um, and, and the other good news is you've got banks now. Uh, what did I see the other day? Uh, five-year fixed rate at very low threes, right, like 3.19%. Now, when you see those kind of rates being promoted by the banks, you know that interest rates are going to be low for a long time. Now, that's not good for a healthy economy. A healthy economy should have 7.5%, 8% interest rates because there's two sides to the coin. You've got people with mortgages and you've got retirees out there trying to get a return on the investment. And some of these poor people are trying to exist on, you know, one and a half, two, two and a half percent returns, where they usually are getting, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten percent on the returns. But anyway, that's a whole other story. My point is this. You've got two generations now that don't know what seven and a half percent, eight percent mortgages are. What's going to happen to those people when mortgage rates go up? Are they going to be able to adjust their lifestyles? A lot of them are not going to because they've built their whole lifestyle, their, you know, all their little uh, creature comforts and all that kind of stuff around the cash flow that's available to them. There is always an element of risk when you invest in property, but there are mentors and coaches out there that can help you understand what is and isn't possible. This is a huge opportunity for anybody that wants to take advantage of it. Why don't you figure out that your mortgage is costing you 6 to 7%? Now, that's easier said than done again. Hence, you've got to sit with somebody who could mentor you on how to, um, how to structure a budget properly, how to keep track of that budget, right? And, 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 and have somebody hold you accountable, which is what we do, to what you commit to doing, okay? The reward is huge down the road. But if you just let each day slip by and you live in that complacent uh, vacuum of your comfort zone, 
oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, we're going to take care of this first, then we'll get to that. Then we're going to take care of that, then we'll get to it. No, oh, oh, there's one other thing we're going to take care of, then we'll get to it, right? So that's why you need a coach or a mentor to help you sit down with you, go through those things and work out what you can and cannot do, but with the ultimate goal in mind that you're trying to improve your situation and it's all good for you and your family. And then you can start making some real traction, make some real progress to go ahead because eventually you're going to end up in the world of financial independence. How would that feel? Imagine if you had to wake up next Monday morning and you didn't have to go to work. And the following morning, you were getting on a plane to go to the south of France or the south of Spain because you could. So anyway... That's what it's all about. And it's understanding the fundamentals of finances, finance management, cash flow, home mortgages, investment properties, because investment properties is a huge opportunity for people in Australia to minimise their taxes. Back in 1991, they pulled Kerry Packer before uh, the Senate committee. And they said, Mr. Packer, do you deliberately um, uh, avoid paying taxes? He said, well, yeah. He said, I reduce my taxes. Any Australian who doesn't needs to have his head read. Why would I give my money to you lot? There are many experts out there that Fleming suggests you visit that can help you save more money. It's just having somebody who can show you what the guidelines are, what the legal guidelines are, what what are the um, most productive things that you can do based on your current resources. So you get to keep more of your money for your benefit as opposed to giving it to all these other um, money-hungry centres such as the ATO and also the banks. Fleming tells us about some of the people that he has learnt from and have helped him achieve his goals. I've got an existing partner here at the moment who was um, originally the head of international computer security for PricewaterhouseCoopers-Library. Um, and they actually transferred him from uh, Lausanne, Switzerland. And he came out here uh, working for them. And actually, his job, besides the computer security part of it, because he's a real whiz on computers, and we're going back uh, 20 years now when you know Google was hardly even heard of. But um, um, he used to, in these big accounting companies, they have small partnership groups that look after specific types of businesses, whether that be electricians or whether it be earth-moving contractors or garage owners, um, Etc. Etc. So they would specialise in a specific type of uh, business. So his job was to go in there and help them upgrade all their administration systems, their computer systems, etc. And um, then he would go back and check on them in you know, three or four months and see how the new systems were bedding in. And what he found out that they, <laughs> after all that work that he put in with each little group, they'd just gone back to what they were originally doing. So he got frustrated. And we, you know, accidentally came together. Um, at a specific point in time and got talking and decided to start Equity Resource Proprietary Limited. But um, um, he's he's been a wealth of knowledge um, to show me how to handle money because, um, you know, between him and his dad, they own huge apartment complexes in, in Switzerland, etc. And um, he eventually became a financial planner and um, he's now retired and you know, doesn't have to work. So I learned quite a bit from him about managing, uh, budgeting, uh, you know, how to manage your money, etc. And, of course, beyond that, all the research uh, and my experience with different clients, a little bit of trial and error here and there. Um, 
So I've now got to this point where I have a very clear picture of what people should be doing. The property market goes through ebbs and flows, so you need to do your research on what is happening in the market before you buy. I don't have any specific book. Um, Maybe I should write one, but um, I'm not sure I've got the enthusiasm to do that or even the time to do that. Look, it's really about um, being keen to get ahead financially. I think you've got to kind of turn that key in your head. It's like somebody who quits smoking. One day, they eventually do it. Right. Prior to that, they give up hundreds of times but without great success. Uh, but eventually, they turn that key in their head of this is what I've got to do. So any research you can do online, and there's, there's plenty of resources online that people can go to. Um, but then again, you, know, you have to hold your own counsel because you're going to come across a lot of hype on the internet, you know, a lot of self-promoters, etc. Um, but for example, look for tips on you know, how to manage your money how to pay your mortgage off faster, um, and also tips on what are the fundamentals of a successful investment property. And basically, those fundamentals for an, for an investment property is you need to be in an area that's got good economic growth, good population growth, right? I mean, those are, those are, those are pretty basic stuff. Um, and that also that you can see a little bit of a track record that you know, you're not in the peak of the market, because uh, that's that's a big trap a lot of people fall into. You know, they go to dinner parties and so forth, and all the friends are buying investment properties, and you know that's that's the that's the trend amongst that social group, and then eventually they jump in, uh, which many people did right at the death here, um, you know, back a couple of years ago in Sydney, and all of a sudden, um, you know, the property values have gone back hundred hundred sixty thousand dollars, which you know. Um, you know, the media get hold of and you know, a lot of negativity is um, expounded about that. Um, but you've got to take into consideration the property market's gone back back about 15 to 18%. But uh, in the meantime, the current boom, it went up around about 56%. So those that got in early did very well, thank you very much. So it's kind of understanding those market swings and movements, uh, you know, where a property market is at. That's why I was mentioning uh, Brisbane a little bit earlier. It's the right time to buy in Brisbane. I mean, you can get properties up there, even in the, even in the um, in the outer areas. You know, you get townhouses and stuff like that that getting five to seven percent rental yields. Um, you know, for three fifty, three hundred eighty thousand dollars, three bedrooms, two car garage, all that kind of stuff. Um, will you get a lot of capital growth on that? No, not necessarily, but it might be a good starter point for others. But there's also uh, inner city suburbs and things like that where you can get townhouses or apartments. And even some house and land packages, um, you know, for very good prices with very good rental yields. So it's really a matter of understanding uh, what your finances are, how well you manage your finances, uh, having somebody show you how to put a financial strategy together at the end of the day that's going to work for you. Because, you know, if you're on a $65,000 income, you may not think you can afford investment property. Well, that's not necessarily true because there's properties out there that you can't afford. And, of course, it also depends on what your current uh, liability load is, you know, as far as car loans, personal loans, credit card balances, and the size of the mortgage you've got. All of that has to be taken into consideration. A little bit of luck can go a long way, but Fleming talks to us about the importance of hard work and preparation that can provide you opportunities. I think um, you do have a little bit of luck, but I think, you know, what's, what's that old saying? 
genius is 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. I mean, you have to, you have to um, take responsibility for yourself. Whereas in this world today, more and more of that's getting stripped away from us. You know, we get this given to us, we get that given to us. I mean, you know, you see the home loan market at the moment and, um, um, you know, they want to make sure that nothing slips through the, possibly slips through the crack, um, which, you know, to a certain extent, there is some um, genuine concern there because interest rates are very low. We were talking about the millennials and not knowing about 7.5% interest rates. What happens to those people when those interest rates go back up, which they must do eventually, uh, 7.5%, 8%. You know, once the world economy recovers and all the politicians get get their acts together, um, the world economy will come back overall holistically and um, you know things will be churning over again. And as wages go up, um, goods get bought, uh, goods prices get higher, inflation goes up. And then eventually, interest rates go up. It's just a, a normal cycle that the world economy goes through. It's a it's a fair way off yet, and there's a great opportunity at the moment uh, for those people who want to knuckle down and create wealth for themselves. Because I don't think you'll ever see another opportunity like this in your lifetime. Well, interest rates are low, right? You can work out strategies to pay down your debt, acquire more property, pay that debt down, acquire more property, and so the cycle goes on until eventually you're self-sufficient. He lets us know the best way to contact him if you want to talk to him further. Uh, but if they want to talk to me directly, probably my mobile, which is 0408 196 Thank you to David Fleming, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his story, simply visit propertyinvestory.com.au.